Got my coffee. I'm ready to go. So my guest this week locked herself out of her home, taking out the garbage. <laughs> she didn't bring her phone. I'm glad she gets along with her neighbors. Otherwise, it would have been a really long night. Uh, she's in San Francisco, so anyway, she was going to be my podcast guest, but it didn't happen. Makes me think suddenly about an incident when I left my phone in my classroom in Korea, and they dropped me off at the train station. I stopped and I asked myself, if I go home this weekend without my phone, can I make it? <laughs> can I make it in life? The answer was a definite no. I'm wondering when we will have these things sewed onto our bodies. Hello, I'm Mike Sullivan. I'm the host of my very own TCK podcast, where we answer ridiculous questions like, where are you from? I have a ridiculous question. What is going on in the world? As I see more peace, more love, more desire to connect and cherish and see people happy and safe in my life, I see the opposite, just around the corner. I'm writing a book. Ah, oh, and the construction next door. <laughs> anyway, moving on. The book, the title is Building Bridges. Can we love and relate in a polarized world? It is almost done. I want to wish my military colleagues an advanced happy Veterans Day. In fact, today I'm going to talk about a story in my book. I will try not to reveal any key spoilers for those of you who want to get your hands on a copy of it, but I do want to reveal a journey that I have been on as an American. First of all, as a TCK, I struggled with my transition to the United States, and my loyalties to the country have always been a, a, a bit fraught. Nothing crazy. I didn't compromise my standing with our national security interests. I'm not Edward Snowden. I just simply felt more affinity with those that don't call themselves Americans. My identity as an American was superficial, I guess you could say, at a young age. But September 11th brought in feelings for the first time of anger and betrayal as an American. My Navy experience was a bit of a roller coaster as well. <laughs> I served in the United States Navy for 12 years. I constantly saw the excesses of our tax dollars spent and the political intertwining of people jockeying for a better position in their professional lives, in my opinion, often at the expense of national security. It's no wonder that the biggest Navy scandal in history took place in Singapore under our noses. I mention a few more details about that in my book. But the thing I want to focus my attention on today is what many veterans are experiencing. It's not the bliss of a Monday off 
or barbecues or a pat on the back of people thanking us for our service. When we went to war with the Taliban in 2001, there was a lot of talk about how terrible they were and how they didn't allow women to go to school. They often forced marriages, etc. A lot of human rights violations and certainly not matching up with some of our modern Western values. So in our zeal to avenge the death and destruction on the 11th of September 2001, we rid all of Afghanistan of these deplorable people. We saw NGOs enter the country. We saw the rebuilding of Kabul. We saw the U.S. equip an army. We saw them have elections. For me, I felt good. I felt that my contributions over my 12 years in the military were doing good in the world. We were fighting back extremists who were denying humans their rights. But on August 30th, a few years ago, we were suddenly jostled by the news of a very ill-planned exit the U.S. military out of Afghanistan and, in very un-Zelensky style, the Afghan government fled with money. Lots of it. Money they didn't earn. We watched in horror at the speed at which the Taliban retook the country and Kabul and billions of dollars worth of U.S. military kit bestowed on the regime at the time. I will never forget this day. As I read about it, as I heard about it, something inside of me started to melt. It's hard to even tell you right now. I was in the middle of teaching students online that day, and suddenly I couldn't concentrate. It was a strange feeling. It was as if the walls of my mind were caving in, and I couldn't even control it. It was as if a death of someone lost was suddenly revealed to me, like we had been looking for them for years, and suddenly I was informed that they were gone, that they found the body. I couldn't put my finger on what was happening. Even this morning, before I finished up with the podcast script, I started to bawl in the, over again in the shower. Thinking about it. I'm going to fight through this one. Um, in the distance, I was serving an honorable cause in uniform. Good things were happening somewhere as I was anxiously wanting to believe. But the reality started to sink in. And as I heard Joe Biden's speech, President Joe Biden's speech, I shook my fist in anger at him. But I realized his words were eerily the truth. Not only for him, but from the prior three sitting presidents. We were avenging 9-11, not saving Afghanistan. We were attempting to build an ally on the western border of China and in Central Asia. We were doing what powerful nations do. And I represented that in uniform. It wasn't about little girls going to school. That was just a splashy, attractive side effect from the bomb craters. It was Americans and America and its constitution that I swore to protect. It was America's interests, even if it meant closing up shop in Afghanistan. And for that, I mourned. 
the death of my noble and distant ideal that kept me showing up day after day in uniform. I read an amazing article about that time. I will find it, and I will send you guys the link when I find it. It helped me with my cognitive dissonance. Changing my fantasy into reality, into the reality of what most Afghanis faced over the course of the American occupation. Yes, many flourished, but its regime was corrupt on the inside. War never left much of the countryside, and innocent people were regularly killed by the American-supported regime. In fact, power brokers during the Taliban rule that had managed poppy fields, opium production, or crushed the poor, just like the Taliban, turned sides and agreed to comply and cooperate with the more powerful American side, continuing the demise of many people. Looking closer, you didn't see a changed country institutionally after 20 years. That's why it fell so quickly. As one American general put it in an interview, they were just allying themselves with the most powerful interest group of the time to survive. So do I throw away my medals and my awards? Discard my uniform I keep in my closet? The one my son occasionally puts on as a fun cosplay moment? No. Today, ladies and gentlemen, I'm proud of my service. I'm proud to call others shipmate. I'm a proud veteran of the United States Navy. Just like I described in episode two, I can't control earthquakes, nor can I control geopolitical movements among the most powerful. I represented the most powerful nation on earth, and I can draw strength in the good that we have done, even if they were only side effects. Even if we were designed to crush an enemy over the horizon, we helped thousands of earthquake victims recently in Turkey, tsunami victims in Indonesia, we provided emergency care and logistics. A moment that stands in my memory was when we stood ready to help a stubborn Myanmar junta that left thousands of their own people to die after a cyclone, unwilling to get our help. We helped Ukraine defend itself from a much greater evil today. We helped restrain Middle Eastern governments from re-entering a bloody age-old conflict with Israel, causing much more bloodshed than what Israel is manifesting in Gaza at this moment. I've learned these days that when we spend our time obsessed over things we don't control, we often miss the opportunities to be a blessing to those around us. It doesn't mean we have to agree with the decisions that are made, and certainly don't have to agree with the destruction that has been done or minimize it. It doesn't mean we stay home during a peaceful protest or stay in a job that we hate because of the company's culture or agenda. 
But the armchair activism has to stop. It is a symptom of our own fears mixed up with a pension for entertainment. It's not productive. Here in Turkey, it's politics. It dominates the kitchen table discussion and overshadows the importance of just learning how to get along with the situation they're in, especially with those around them. Recently, God has smiled on me. You also may know or have heard in episode two that I lost a friend in the earthquake. She ran an organization called Be the Voice of Girls in the Hatay region here in Turkey. I resolved to commit to help her legacy continue by possibly helping start chapters of her organization or other organization like hers, helping young ladies apply their artistic skills to benefit themselves and their future. As I was doing some research on LinkedIn, the professional network site, I recently stumbled upon a young lady. Her name is Robina Azizi. She's from Afghanistan. And at 18 years old, she runs an organization with 600 or so young women, and they are all getting an education in the privacy of their homes. She and her family are refugees in Pakistan, and their future is very precarious. The government in Pakistan recently cracked down on Afghani refugees, and this may impact her and her family. I say all this not knowing what part I really play at all, but suddenly being aware of the universe, being aware that there is a God who has seen the painfulness of losing Fatima in the earthquake and my guilt of seeing millions of girls suddenly without formal education in Afghanistan. And here sits someone that I can champion and help. God has given Rabina to remind me that not all is lost. If you're listening and can do something about it, help me. Help her. I feel that the best thing for Rabina is to get her safely into a country that will provide her with an education and a platform in a similar fashion that Malala was given, if you know her story, uh, after her tragic incident on a bus where she was shot in the head but survived as an activist for women's education at a very young age. Rabina has some rare qualities. We voice text each other almost every day, and I try to stay as busy as she is. I want to thank you so much for supporting me and my podcast here. Listeners are rising steadily. My promised guest will be on next week. She told me she won't take the garbage out prior to our recording, so there's no risk of being locked out again. I have a lineup of amazing guests coming on, all in the TCK realm. They are authors, coaches, international school teachers. They are all doing amazing work among TCKs and are adult TCKs themselves. I hope you look forward to those interviews. I certainly do. All of this centered around the holiday season for us in the West, primarily Thanksgiving in the U.S. and Christmas. A lot of today's episode is in my book. If you are excited to get your hands on a copy of it, I recommend you sign up on my website, www.sullyworks.com. Of course, it's in the show notes. Of course, you will be rewarded for being the first ones to support my Kickstarter pre-launch campaign, The book is imminent. I can hardly believe it is, but it is. (laughs) It is. That's what I have written here. 
<laughs> Again, for those of you in the United States of America, or outside and American citizens, of course, happy Veterans Day. Veterans, like myself, but those that have faced violent life-altering events in combat, losses of their friends, fellow soldiers, limbs, I ask that you at least take a moment to think of them and their struggle with their injuries, PTSD, or like me, my guilt for the things that we've done wrong to others around the globe. Never forget to thank them for doing something you did not. America's forces are all volunteer, and we are better off because they signed up. <laughs> <laughs>